Hey, this is Sandra. This is Jess. And this is Emily. And you are listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode, Swan Song. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. It. It's. It. Like, it. Not the movie with the clown. The other it. <laughs> we just talk about the the six <laughs> hour like it from the 70s for two hours instead. I'm down. I it's love funny. Tim Curry, but no. With the uh, <laughs> recording schedule that we have, you guys will be listening to this maybe around Christmas. I'm not even sure. But we're about to have Halloween in two days. So that would be yes. really topical, honestly, for us <laughs> right now. <laughs> honestly, all I've done this week is listen to Taylor Swift's new album. Yes. So, like, yes, again, this is two months in the future, but I know all the girlies that love Taylor Swift and Gilmore Girls are just thinking of all the Rory Jess songs. (laughs) Uh, Sandra, what's your favorite song off the album? Ooh, um, I really like You're On Your Own, Kid. I've always been a track five person. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like Karma. I think Karma is, like, yeah. it's so dancey, and I always mm-hmm. like a dancey track. Although, on Folklore, my favorite uh, track is Seven. Like, okay, that's my favorite. So, I like both sides. Emily, are you a Swifty? Oh, her face is saying no. no. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I enjoy her songs that have, like, popped up on the radio and stuff, but I've never, like, gone out of my way to, to listen to her. I really, I did really like 1989. But I haven't. You mean you didn't buy eight vinyls just to bake a clock on the wall? Which <laughs> I did not do. But like... yeah, I will say <laughs> I've seen thing. some great TikToks of um, Midnight Rain with mm-hmm. like Rory being the Midnight Rain to Logan. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, I get it. Yeah, that's pretty spot on. Um, I saw Mastermind with Jess and Rory. Oh, and Jess like, is the mastermind? Yeah. Oh, okay, I like that too. Emily's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Emily's like, yeah. what are we talking about? <laughs> totally. We're going to talk about it, guys. <laughs> Let's go back to it. What is it? We're going to talk about six. You can't say it. It's just too uncomfortable. Uh, we can't say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so just a warning, this episode will be talking about sex. We will be discussing uh, 
being 17, 18 years old and having hormones. And if that's not your cup of tea, totally understand. But just as a warning, we are going to be discussing that. La, 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 All right, well, let's jump right on into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting off, we go into Friday Night Dinner, and Emily is just... She has things to say about Trix. So many things to say. Which is kind of fair, because Trix is, like, actively torturing her. Yeah, Rory and Lorelai look stunned. Like, we can only imagine how long this... Well, they say 20 minutes, but, like, has it been an actual 20-minute rant? I think it could. I bet it started the second they walked in the door and sat down for drinks. I think there's a good way of, like, maybe the actress wasn't available or something to remind us that Trix is here. Yeah. Yeah. And also gives us that little, like, indication of maybe there's a guy. Or maybe she should get a guy. Well, it's, like, such a little, like, Easter egg because it's just, mm-hmm. like, whatever. Like, she should get a fella. And you're just like, uh, Trix is, like, ancient. No. <laughs> but... <laughs> Not in this episode. Not in this episode. We'll get there. And apparently, like, Trix's ex, Richard hated him. And then, like, but Emily knew the moment that they broke up. Yeah. And, like, she's like, (laughs) you know, when couples break up, you know. It's always so obvious. It's so obvious. (sighs) When they talk about somebody and suddenly they don't. Awkwardly stares at Ori. Well, and I feel like this scene is, like, a really interesting moment for, like, the Rory-Emily relationship because of the way that Rory is talking to her. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very much, like, Rory has, like, seen Emily do her thing, and she's not kind of, she's not falling prey to it. She's just like, oh, you know, Grandma, there's something I should tell you. She's getting smart. She's wising up. She's not this naive little, like, baby who's just like, my grandparents are great. She knows now. And she looks more adult than ever. Yeah. Oh, I think- <laughs> my God. It's her hair. And it's gorgeous. It it's really it's so pretty. Gorgeous. But it's just so funny because, to me, this screams Rory got a curling iron for Christmas. <laughs> because I know I That's definitely go fine. through these. No, I go through these periods where I'll get a new heat styling tool and, like, for four months, I have beautiful curled hair. And then it goes away for a long time. So this is her, like, curled hair moment. She's like, yes. And I think she looks great, too. But it's definitely a new look on her. If I could give Rory's hair town person of the week, I would. <laughs> but I feel like, that, honestly. But so, yeah, the, the truth comes out. She and Dean have broken up. And she's actually seeing somebody new. Who is it? Oh, Jess. And Lorelai does a great wingman moment of, you know, Luke's Luke's nephew. nephew. Happy. (laughs) Nice. Well, Emily has heard about Jess before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if, I mean, she has to connect it to it, right? I think she does. She knows immediately. I mean, by the end, she certainly does. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And she does a heavy guilt trip. Mm Mm-hmm. Heavy guilt trip. Emily's manipulation is in full force. Mm-hmm. at this dinner and it's so blatant it's like everybody at the table knows what's happening this is not going over anybody's heads 
Like, Emily knows she's manipulating, and she knows that they both know that she's manipulating. Because when Rory finally agrees, you know what? Yes, Jess will come to to dinner, and everybody's going to be nice. Right? Right? We're going to have a Mm -hmm. nice dinner. Everybody's going to be nice. (sighs) I think it's interesting because the last dinner we had with Dean, or the first dinner, it was Richard. Mm-hmm. And Richard who was won't attacking be there. Dean. And he's not even going to be there. No. Can you imagine if he was there? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll get, when we get to that no. part. No. But no, yikes. No. Emily was very nice at the Dean dinner, though. So she tried. I think it's mm-hmm. just that Rory at this point is getting used to, and like you said, wising up to the manipulation of the Gilmores. And is, you know, she's on her guard now. She's not just going to roll over and do whatever they tell her. Until she gets manipulated into it. Yeah. Well, when she realizes it's like, oh gosh, it's either this quiet little dinner or like a whole production. Okay. We'll do a quiet dinner. And Emily's talking about, oh, well, he we can meet him at your graduation and Trix will be there and starts naming off all these people. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, none of these people come to her graduation. Nope. Good point. First off. But I also want to... I want to see just meet Trix. That oh would my be gosh. quite a face-off. Like, right? Like, I just want to see that moment. Not with a black eye or anything like that. I just want Jess and Trix to meet. Mm-hmm. And what happens? <laughs> Disaster, maybe? Most likely. I mean, either that or she'd be, like, bizarrely charmed by him. Mm. I think it all would depend on Jess's mood going mm-hmm. into the dinner. Like, if, yeah. his, he, if he is in a good mood, wanting to impress Rory's extended family, I think it would go great. I think Trix, like you said, would be would be charmed by him. But if he comes in, like, with the same attitude that he ends up having in the future, like, that would be disaster. Yeah. Either way, he is coming to a Friday night dinner. Whether he likes it or not. Hopefully it goes better <laughs> than the last time one of Rory's boyfriends did this. But we get to the Gilmore Girls' house, and Lorelai and Rory are sitting at their dining room table. It's after dinner. It's the same night, right? It looks like it, I yeah, think. Yeah, they're wearing the they're same, wearing same clothes. Yeah. And they're having to coordinate their schedules, because their schedules are so busy at this point that they would otherwise never see each other. And we see the, I feel like the very beginning of the running gag of Lorelai's schedule is a complete mess, and she cannot read her own handwriting. Yeah. I had a dream the other night. Well, it was a nightmare. And my math teacher, who I hated in high school, was uh, presiding over a class. And he was like, pass up your homework. I take my homework out. And I didn't do it. Oh, no. no. And I'm thinking to myself in the dream, oh, no, I didn't do my homework because I didn't remember. I'm going to have to buy an agenda book to write all this down. (laughs) And then I woke up and I was like, thank God I'm not in school. Yeah. Did your school like, not honestly. provide agendas? Uh, we had to buy it from the bookstore. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We got like school branded ones in high school, yeah. at least. Oh, they were yeah. school branded. We just had to buy. Had to buy them at a yeah. private school too. You would have thought. Yeah, well. all my all the public schools I went to. I mean, I went to three high schools. They all supplied it. <laughs> they supplied it. They all supplied one to us and then if you lost it you'd have to buy a new one you only got mm-hmm. one but yes but you're not accounting for greed true and capitalism <laughs> but anyways their schedule is filled with studying for rory and work for lorelei and also boys, boys. 
mm-hmm. for both of them. They both have boys. Because mm-hmm. Lorelai is dating Alex. For like, now. they are actively <laughs> going out on dates semi-frequently. I love that for them. It's so I, cute. I mean, short-lived, but yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I looked it up. This is the last time we see Alex. Oh, yeah, it is. <sighs> Apparently, we hear about him again, so we have to, like, keep Watch- an ear out for yeah. that. But, like... We don't see him again. Because things are going so well at this point. Mm-hmm. I like Alex. I'm disappointed we didn't get more of Alex. Me too. Yeah. Well, we get we get more Alex in this episode. We'll talk about him. Yeah. What we do get is that one of those post-it notes, an illegible post-it note, is get snacks for Lane's band. Which is very nice of Lorelai. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's really nice of her to be not only giving them space to practice, but also paying for their snacks again. Four teenagers, three of whom are guys. Boys. That's a lot of that's a lot of food. It's a lot yeah. of money. Yes. But anyway, we move on. We have the town square Rory and Jess. Rory is feeling out Jess's schedule. Friday's negotiable, right? It's flexible. You can move that around. Yeah, why? Why? Because <laughs> I want you to come to my grandparents for dinner. Nope. Yeah, he just straight up says no. That's nice. No. Not gonna happen. Honestly, I, mean, I kind of vibe with it. Yeah. I know this is co- like a controversial take, but like, I'm a really anxious person. And if you spring something on me like that, I'm probably gonna say no as well. I know Jess is not, and it's not about anxiety. It's about, well, it might be about anxiety. I mean, I think we that don't really know. No, there's like. We don't having boundaries right which is totally fine and knowing like these are Mm -hmm. things that i am not comfortable with like getting together with really really rich old people who are going to judge me but then there's also like the flexibility you kind of need to have in a relationship where sometimes you do things that you're uncomfortable with sometimes they do things they're uncomfortable with but you do it because they ask you this isn't one of those this is one of those times where you just kind of grin and go okay yeah I'll meet your grandparents. This sign. This made me think back to all the times that Rory tried to get Dean to do something. And mm-hmm. it it kind of felt similar. Of yeah, having to just drag him there and like negotiate a, a price to get mm-hmm. him to do what you want to do. Real quick, because I don't want to m- miss it. When Rory and Jess are on the bench, they're discussing a book. Yes. Right? And it, the implication is that Jess is, like, Rory's giving this book to Jess, and that's not true at all. Book Rory teams. just wants to kind of show him the book. But he looks so in awe when he, she's talking about this book. Like, yeah. it's like, he is such a nerd. Before before they get to the conversation about the dinner, it's so cute, and they're so cute together, and I love it, and I'm sorry for skipping it when I book tease. did the transition. <laughs> No, it's really cute because this is like the kind of relationship that we want Rory to be in. One where they have similar interests and she can talk about reading, she can talk about books, because that didn't really work out with Dean. That just mm-hmm. wasn't his thing after episode, what, two Three. or whatever he was in. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what we wanted more moments of that we didn't really get to see. Like, supposedly at this point, Jess and Rory have been together four or five months. I've yeah. no idea what our time frame no, is it's, here. It's no, it's eleven. Yeah, eleven weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. eleven so Friday. Three months, almost yeah. three months. So they haven't yeah. been together very long. But there's also the weird, like, emotional 
cheating preamble that they went through so maybe that counts i don't know add a month i guess it breaks my heart a little bit that we didn't get to see more rory and jess scenes Mm -hmm. since we saw so many rory and dean scenes but when they're together they have so much chemistry they do because they're so cute together and rory's even able to talk him into coming to dinner Mm -hmm. one by giving him the book but then he says you know five bucks and essentially the deal deal is yours and she kisses him and says that's worth at least five dollars and i love that he says you gilmores think pretty highly of yourselves i agree with him (laughs) it just drives me crazy like i imagine saying that to my fiance like if he you know I, i owed him five bucks and i was like well i'll just kiss you instead he'd be like Excuse me? No, you owe me five dollars. <laughs> Teen. And it's it's such a half ass kiss as well. Oh, it's it's like a classic no hate to Alexis. It's a classic Rory kiss. Like mm-hmm. all these boys like fall at their knees for these chase little pecks. And I think it's really funny, but very I think classic. Good, no more. Got their goodbye kiss twenty seconds later lasts longer than that kiss does. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was a $7 kiss. Who knows? (laughs) But we get another moment of Rory kind of being the manipulator. And not really like, you know, she's not doing it like Emily is. But uh, she has that in her blood. Mm -hmm. She knows how to manipulate when she wants to. She does. I I don't know if I would classify this part as manipulation. Because I feel like if you're manipulating, you're trying to be sneaky about it. Fair. Or at least not as blatantly as what you know, Emily did. Mm-hmm. But this was just straight up like, no, I got shanghaied into having to invite you to dinner. And it's like, now would be the better time because in the future would be bad. You'd have to meet more people at once. Anyway, so Jess is, I'm assuming, going to work. I don't know. Yeah, just like. Yes, he does say. Disappears. He, and then, he disappears. Rory literally turns around and Miss Patty sneaks, sticks her head out the door. Rory, doll, come here. Get in here. Get in here. Don't you, don't ask questions. Yeah. And Rory just goes. Presumably, Jess would still be right there in his car to That's see what this I was happen. Too. Right? It's very much a Luke and Lorelai at the dance situation. Like how, where, who? How did who you know see this? <laughs> Jess got in his car and was like, I'm going to follow Blind. all the traffic rules. I'm not going to look to my <laughs> Straight side. ahead. Yep. <laughs> Hands on 10 and 2. I got into an accident once. Never again. Oh, that's poor fair. Jess. <laughs> but no, this is honestly, this is one of my favorite parts of the episode. It's a great townie moment because Rory goes into Miss Patty's trailer and she sits down next to Dean, who kind of like waves her over. And she's just like, what is happening? Well... Patty has a one-woman show, and she's testing out some material, the way you do. And Kirk is the director. <laughs> and, and but what is it called? I don't know, Emily. What is it called? Buckle up. I'm Patty. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a, a show of her telling stories from her life and singing songs. But throw Kirk in the mix, and all of a sudden, it's like this huge production. Well, There's lighting. Hey. You guys, you guys saw the movie. We saw Kirk's movie. Yes. Yeah. There's he's a dramatic fellow. He's he an is. auteur. Yes. Yeah. He's but an this artist. Is like a great uh, Rory and Dean friendship moment. There's actually, I feel like this is a good Rory and Dean friendship episode mm-hmm. because they're sitting there, they're talking about what's happening, 
And at no point do I feel like either of them are, like, hitting on each other. It doesn't feel romantic. It just feels like they're friends friends who are in this together and just enjoying that it's weird and that they're there together, you know? I agree. We don't get a whole lot of that right now because normally when we see Dean, it's him provoking Jess or trying to provoke Jess. So it's nice to see kind of okay they are back to to friendship at least in Rory's eyes so it is such a friendly moment right and there is like you said I don't I don't think there's any undertones either Mm -hmm. it's very obvious they're kind of suckered into this show it seems like they have a good time they they leave at the same time and they enjoyed the show they enjoyed the spectacle of it by the time they leave the pianist is playing to nobody there's strobe lights going because Kirk wanted to add a little extra like it's weird it's dark outside so they've been there a while yeah one would think can we talk about the fact that Miss Patty almost threw the podium at Kirk oh my god I would have loved <laughs> and the to only see reason that. she wa- didn't was because of Dean stopping I, her I love when we get moments of like Dean is a townie now like I don't <laughs> like Dean but it's really fun that he like is in it because he was an outsider at the beginning of the show and now mm-hmm. he's part of it I feel like they retconned that a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely made him a small town boy when he originally came from Chicago, mm-hmm. one of the busiest cities in the in the country, so. Hmm. I am I think we talked about it then, but I'm still going with he came from a suburb of Chicago and not yeah. actual Chicago. But it's like, I'm from a suburb of Seattle. It's a lot easier to just say I'm from Seattle, you know? Yeah, fair. exactly. Yeah. But we do get back to the Gilmore house. Rory is studying. And mm-hmm. she hears a weird noise outside and like full blown walks in on her, or I guess walks out on her <laughs> mom and Alex making out on like, the front porch. They're necking. Have you guys ever heard that joke about like the reason there were so many serial killers in the 70s is because when people rang the doorbell, they actually opened the door. This does feel like, it feels like an almost scary moment. Because you hear, like, a thud. Mm Mm-hmm. And Rory looks up. And this is the point in a a horror movie where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, you know. Don't answer the door. Like, right, exactly. Don't answer the door. Nope, she just goes right up to it. And you can see that there's definitely something outside. They have that frosted glass. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, my mom and her boyfriend making out on the porch. Like, she has to know Lorelai's coming home and would be home soon. There's a window. There are multiple windows in the living room. Look out the window. Right. None of them have blinds. The curtains are sheer. Like, if you hear something outside your door, and it could potentially be a person, and you're home <laughs> alone. Like, I mean, it's stars I, hollow. There's no seating underbelly. I suppose. I hear the cars in my front yard when they pull in the driveway. When, like, when I, I hear a door shut, I hear it pull up. So there has to be something in her mind of, oh, mom's home. Five minutes later, she's not inside. (laughs) Huh, what's that sound on the front porch? Let me go insert myself (laughs) into the middle of it. Oh, it's mom making out with her boyfriend. Rory has very selective hearing. She can't hear cars. She can't hear footsteps. She can't hear the gentle thud of two bodies against a porch railing. (laughs) Gross. What a, yeah, right. Um, But (laughs) what growth? Right? Max yeah. wasn't even like, you know, the first day that he slept over, it was like, holy crap, there's a guy here. Mm-hmm. And now she's bringing guys up to the front porch and making out with them. 
Yeah. She's not a baby. She doesn't invite him in. So there is True. still a distinct separation of it. It feels like a high and by. Yeah. Like all of their interactions are, hi, I know you exist. You know I exist. You guys have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of separation now. Like Rory's like, you know, I got really close with Max and that didn't turn out well. Well, and I mean, Rory's dating too, right? Like Rory yeah. now also has a boyfriend. So they both have relationships and Rory has a better idea of like, okay, mom's dating. This is what I do when I'm dating. That's what mom does when she's dating. Because when, at the beginning, like, Rory didn't really have any experience with anything. Oh, it sounds like R- Lorelai didn't have much experience either, at least not in serious relationships. So at the beginning of the series, they were both kind of figuring it out. Now mm-hmm. they've both had serious relationships. They've kind of figured out the flow of how that works. Uh, yeah. So it just feels a little they, more. They still need to find a signal. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> they don't walk in on each other, because definitely that won't happen yeah. again. Um, but we also learn about a big part of the plot for this episode, which is Alex has asked Lorelai to go to New York for the weekend. And mm-hmm. that means that Rory is going to be by herself. Yes, for Friday night dinner. Which, like, Lorelai, usually whenever she gets out of Friday night dinner, she's, like, ecstatic mm-hmm. about an excuse. And this time she seems, like, generally, like, I'm so sorry I'm leaving you to the wolves by yourself. But also, I'm not going to change the I, date. I'm surprised with how casually she can just get out of dinner. Yeah. Right? I I think the only reason Lorelai feels bad is because Jess is going to be there. And she wants to be there as, like, a buffer slash support for Rory. And her monosyllab- monosyllabic syllabic uh-huh. boyfriend. She, <laughs> Lorelai knows it's not going to go well. Yeah. I think if it had been just a normal Friday night dinner and it was going to be just Emily and Rory, she would not have cared. She would be like, sweet, deuces, New York City, here I come. Yeah, but like, to your point, Jess, of how easy it is for her to be like, I'm just not, I'm not going. Go. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to leave Friday during the day. I want to see that conversation. Okay. I didn't know that was ever a possibility. Like, <laughs> Rory couldn't even have her own birthday because they had to go to Friday night dinner, but you can just skip? Whatever. I think it's a legitimate excuse. I think it's fun to have a weekend away. I also think that Emily would probably like Alex if she had met him. Yeah. You know, he's he's like a successful man with the iron business and he's going to be a business owner. I think that those are things that she would appreciate in him. He's a nice guy. He'd clean up well. I think she might have made some comments about him being divorced. Oh, yeah, of course. But... I also think that the fact that he was obviously in a serious relationship where he did get married and he did have kids and they did do the family thing, that would, I, I guess that would make it a little better. Whereas with Luke, there there was none of that. It was just like, why? Mm-hmm. For Emily. Do Alex and Luke have similar personalities to you? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're the same Alex person. is like store brand Luke. <laughs> While they're... Um like talking about this rory says that you know maybe it's better that you're not there because it will make things easier yeah rory is definitely it's not super nice i think i (laughs) agree anymore oh totally i can't decide honestly well okay with hindsight knowing how it does go i think the lorelei buffer would be incredibly useful here but at this point 
We know that every now and then Lorelai cannot help herself and she antagonizes her mom without even realizing she, she's really doing it. And it would have been, because I, I still feel like Lorelai doesn't really like Jess. Yeah. So, like, it could have potentially been a, a double team. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, right? Jess coming in with that attitude, Lorelai and Emily start ganging up on him and, like, attacking him for being this horrible person to Rory. And that would have this fight ending an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. It, it would 100% end with Rory defending Jess. Yeah. Well, I mean, speak of the Jess, and we get a Jess phone call, because yeah. he's, you know, done with his day, and he's calling to catch up, and, oh, uh, anything you want to tell me? What you do? <laughs> Is that basically all you did? Because I heard you basically hung out with Dean. And how did he hear that? <laughs> Anybody else feel like this just feels like a repeat of the Winter Carnival yeah. conversation? A yeah. thousand percent. Just to answer your question, with a flyer, which at first I thought was a joke. Like, no, oh, it's all over <laughs> oh, the flyers. Yeah. No, there's an actual flyer. There's literally a flyer in his hand, which means, honestly, for as bad a director as Kirk is, he's doing great with the production. To have right? re- reviews up that fast? <laughs> I don't, he's ready. He's not affiliated with it. Oh, it, oh right. yeah. Yeah, this is, this is no not Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> Kirk got fired. Yeah, so Jess essentially got back from his day at work, saw a flyer that said, my girlfriend and her ex-boyfriend, who I hate, were together all afternoon. Yes. I can only assume this flyer was on a light post, literally right outside of Luke's. So, like, he got out of the car, walk, starts to walk inside, and just sees the flyer, probably Rory's name, close to Dean's name, and, huh, what's this? And he does sound vaguely annoyed. Mm-hmm. He does not sound, like, Dean would have been jealous, like, um, and Jess is. I'm not saying Jess is not jealous here, but Dean would have been possessive. Dean would yeah. have been aggressively jealous? Mm-hmm. Um, here is just kind of a Listen, you need to tell me these things because I see this guy and I want to punch him in the face and you're hanging out with him and I need to know that beforehand yeah. just to calm myself. I absolutely get Jess's side here. Mm-hmm. Again, this would be a time when he calls, she answers, hey, what'd you do today? Oh my gosh, you would not believe what happened. I got roped into Miss Patty's, yeah. tell him the whole thing, and then like he's fine. There's no confrontation. There's no fight. You told him what happened. It doesn't feel like she's hiding things. Mm-hmm. But it ends up being a repeat of the Winter Carnival of, oh, so you were hanging out with him. You didn't tell me until I found out about it through other means, and then you come clean. Like, yeah. it just doesn't feel great. Well, luckily... The conversation ends well. They're kind of able to get back to a good point. And I honestly really love the way that it ends with Jess being like, you know, like, tell me about it. Like, this is like a a little moment of like, okay, Jess is also becoming a townie. Like, Jess is Mm -hmm. also like, okay, like, what's going on? Tell me about this weird thing that happened to you. (laughs) Why is Kirk no longer affiliated with this? And like, you have to think he sees Kirk all the time. For hours, every single day. Right? I can only assume Kirk is there that much. Kirk is always at Luke's diner. So you got to think that he's kind of invested in the quirkiness that is Kirk. 
I mean, that's fair. That <laughs> so is he has to be fair. like, why is this man? What did this man do now? You have to think that Kirk might have mentioned at some point, oh, yeah, I'm going to be producing or directing this play from his patty. I'm really excited about it. Just something. And Jess, I'm sure, would have responded with, like, cool and walked away. <laughs> Why are you still here? <laughs> yeah. Go home, Kirk. But still, just, like, still want to see how it goes. Out of pure, it's like it's like a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we get back to the Gilmore house again next afternoon. And the band is sitting around eating snacks, I assume. Bagel bites. Lorelai makes a joke about Lane and Dave wanting to do nothing but love songs. Oh my gosh. And these boys are just oblivious. So the band is kind of like, they're kind of talking about the fact that they have a full set. Almost a full set. All they're missing is that one love song. Mm Mm-hmm. I cringe so hard every time that Lorelai, like, when I see that moment, I'm just like, oh my god, Lorelai. Why? It's one of those, All like... All of their faces. <laughs> just, it's one of those things where you just say something without thinking, and then you regret it immediately. Like, the words aren't even fully out of your mouth. You hear it played back in your head, or you hear yourself say it, and you're just like, no. But of course... Thank goodness, Zach is Zach and Brian is Brian, and Lorelai can make up some BS about, well, you know, the letters in their name, it just it got the V and the E and the L and each D and O. Minus the, the A and, and the O. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> totally, totally makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> oh. um, I like the moment where they're like, one day we're not going to be going home for dinner, and Brian's like, because we are going to die? Like, we're dead? <laughs> He's yeah, like, no, we're on tour. tour. <laughs> these boys, honestly, there has not been a strong case made for these two boys having minds at all. Like, they play music, and that's it. Lorelai apologizes, which I think is really, like, grown up. Well, she's a grown up, but, like... <laughs> she's an yeah, adult. She's an adult. She should apologize. But, like, I, I like the fact that Lane and Dave purposely wait so that they're the last people to go out. Because it's, it's obvious they mm-hmm. want to talk about the situation that just happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But then we get like some like, ugh. So Dave is clearly Lane's soulmate. That's oh, what definitely. this scene says to me. Because <laughs> they talk about how he's going to get to the car and leave essentially. But he can't just go because her mom might see him. So they have this whole convoluted plan of taking a back alley and... And then they turn to Lorelai and they're like, it's not complicated. (laughs) Oh, no. Very simple. You know what this also reminded me of, (sighs) Hmm. though? Our conversation a couple episodes ago about Henry. Yeah. About, like, yeah, they would have been a great, they could have been a great couple together, but Henry did not want to put in the effort that Mm -hmm. Lane wanted. And here is Dave going above and beyond to be picked up at the Shell station a quarter mile outside of town. Yeah. So Mrs. Kim does not see him in the car with these boys. I do want to know what his excuse is for not leaving with them to then be picked up at a gas station. I was station. thinking the same thing. Like, what is he telling Zach I mean, and Brian? Hey, I just want to take a. I, I just want to walk to the gas station real quick. Can you pick me up there? You could tell them anything, though. <laughs> I mean, these boys are clearly not smart. So he 
could have said, hey, I'm going to get abducted by aliens. They're going to drop me off in a half hour at the Shell station. Can you pick me up? And they would have been like, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Let's go. Right. <laughs> that would be Can it. Can we talk about how <laughs> Mrs. Kim goes to a monthly suathon? That is amazing. What do you think she's sewing? Like, I I almost wish it was knit-a-thon because then I would have some something mm-hmm. to say, but I'd know nothing about sewing. Because I feel like if it was a quilt, it would be like a quilt-a-thon. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe she makes, maybe she makes like tiny christening dresses for <laughs> babies. That's very cute. That sounds 100% accurate. <laughs> I was just trying to think of like, what's a religious <laughs> thing you can sew? Boom. <laughs> Well, we move on, and we go to Luke's, and Lorelai immediately busts in. She wants some coffee, and she tells Luke she's going to buy some winter clothes because New York is colder than Connecticut, which is not true. Connecticut is so much colder than New York, (laughs) but whatever. And Luke knows this woman's entire wardrobe. I love it. He says, well, you've got the black cashmere coat, and she's like, it's dirty. And he says, you've got sweaters, you've got the purple, the powder blue, three shades of red, a ton of black, and a dozen scarves to mix and match. And I'm like, okay, Lorelai, how do you not know he's in right? love with you? <laughs> like, My husband doesn't know the clo- how many clothes I have. He doesn't know. He doesn't know these. If I told him, hey, I want to go get a new outfit for this thing, he'd be like, okay, have fun. He wouldn't, he wouldn't start spouting alpha, why don't you wear this? Why don't you wear that? Well, my right? favorite part about this is that like, Luke is trying to get her to, like, not go shopping. And she just finally just goes, let me go get some clothes? <laughs> like, what? I mean, I love the response. At that point, it just, I want to shop. Let right? me shop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fair. And we learn that Luke has really been, like, getting into the New York scene because of, obviously, his new lady friend. He's been seeing a bunch of Broadway shows, which... I feel like it's giving me shades of season one Luke, mm-hmm. because I feel like later Luke mm-hmm. would be like, I'd rather Paris, be dead right? than go to a no. Broadway show. Right? Yeah. No, and he, he prefers the producers to Hairspray. Like, he's a Broadway baby. I love it. Can we talk about how expensive going to all of these shows in a fairly short amount of time would be? They're expensive. Luke is a man of means, and she's a lawyer. That is true. One real quick thing. Luke has no problem mentioning that he's doing this with Nicole. I'm mm-hmm. going to these shows mm-hmm. with Nicole. Lorelai has an issue saying that she's doing this with a boyfriend. It's me in a group. I don't get it. Me neither. Yeah. Why is she lying? Especially considering he has a relationship as well. Didn't we just do this mm-hmm. too? With yeah. With the fishing episode? Like, we've yeah. been through this. She has a boyfriend. That's okay. He has a girlfriend. It just, you know, it's the will they won't they. That's how they always it are. It almost seems like either Lorelai is trying to, in her head, she's like, I need to spare his feelings because he has a thing for me. Or Lorelai has a thing for Luke. She's trying to keep that door open. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? Like, truly, if I was talking to a guy who I had had feelings for at some point, and I was single, of course, and he listed off, like, all of the clothes in my wardrobe because he had paid attention and noticed that, I would be like, marry me. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. <laughs> um, well, Luke is really into this Broadway thing. And because of that, he's actually has a tour guide of New York, a walking tour book. I, I can't remember. Before Disney got a hold of it? Yeah, I didn't really understand that. 
the walking tour guide is upstairs if Lorelai just wants to pop into his apartment and get it. Which is like a cool friend yeah. moment, right? Like, hey, wasn't it like, what, a season or two, or two ago she'd never been into his apartment and now he's like, hey, go on up there by yourself. Take things well, out when, of my bedroom. It was, yeah, Rachel, it was Rachel when Rachel yes. was there. So that's so what season, season one, I think. One, yeah. But still. And she goes upstairs and... Oh my god, it's the second time a Gilmore girl catches the other Gilmore girl in an act. They shrapnel, like last Except <laughs> these two are horizontal on a couch. And they're teenagers. <sighs> yeah. And Lorelai is, like, so shocked for being, like, a cool mom. Lorelai reacts like a, a like, <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's, like, the, she's never seen two people kiss before. <laughs> well... To be fair, she probably has never seen Rory make out with somebody like that oh, yeah. before. No. I'd say she handled it very well for the awkwardness that it had to be. Yeah. Which I put totally on Luke's plate for not, hey, by the way, Rory and Jess are up there. <laughs> and Because he does yeah, know. Yeah, he does know. Because Rory and Jess are constantly over and they're constantly making out. And Luke has a system where he has a box of things that he leaves upstairs, and then every d- every ten minutes he goes and picks a thing, fill up the box, and then repeat the process. It's number one parent Luke strikes again. He's just he's got all these great parenting tips that he's made up himself, and he's so proud of himself for these tips. Every time, every time he does this whack thing, he's like. <laughs> Actually, I go up there every 10 minutes. I love Lorelai's, yeah, 10 minutes. That's about as long as it took to make Rory and get dressed. (laughs) And freshen up and everything. Even had time to fix my lipstick. Um, When Jess and Rory get caught, they immediately spring apart. Jess sounds so anxious. Like, he looks and sounds Mm -hmm. so anxious. And Rory's just embarrassed. She has her arms crossed around her body. Which always makes me think, I again, I watched this as a teenager, so it made me think, oh, she's not wearing a bra or something of that nature, <laughs> right? And this is so awkward. This is so embarrassing. Imagine, like, your mom walking in while you're in a heavy makeout session with someone. Yeah, no, thank Ugh. you. I think awkward. the only person who's ever, like, walked in on me was my roommate in college, but I didn't even know she'd done it until, like, <laughs> years later when she was like, oh, yeah, I walked in on you guys one time and I just left. It's like, oh, my God, that's so embarrassing in hindsight. Thank you for telling me five years later. <laughs> right. I love her. She's great. But it was really, like, an I'm dead kind of moment. Luke and Lorelai, their whole – Luke always thinks that he's the number one parent gig. It's so funny every time it blows up in his face and he's like, oh, crap. And he has to rush upstairs. Yeah, And it's not even, like, ever a big blow-up. It's Lorelai comes in, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to poke a hole in, in your mm-hmm. theory here and walk away and leave you to deal with the repercussions. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
Well, we move on. And um, Lorelai is packing, and she has a crisis. And her crisis is that she does not have a crisis. But then she does have a crisis. Right. love this so much. I, like, there is something about the idea of you and your partner actively planning what you're going to wear together so well that you have no concerns. One of my greatest anxiety triggers is when I'm going to a function, any kind of function out in public, and I am worried that my clothes are not going to match the vibe of the people that I'm going Mm -hmm. out with. So much so that like my two best friends and I got had a photo shoot um, this past summer and we hadn't talked about what we were bringing. I brought seven options. Oh my gosh. I was home for two and a half days and I brought seven options for the photo shoot because I was so anxious about not matching their vibes. Like Alex sounds like my perfect man. (laughs) So me and my best friends have a thing. Whenever we hang out, we say PJs. And then everyone will say PJs, PJs, right? And we all agree PJs. So for my best friend's um, bridal party, it was a surprise. So I was like, hey, when we hang out this week, why don't we be fancy and be cute, right? And later on, she's like, yeah, no, I obviously knew something was going on. Because usually we dress in PJs. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Where I work now has a yearly Christmas party at like a fancy hotel downtown. And I work in tech. It's a heavily male dominated field. It's a heavily male dominated team. So there's like four women in the office. So I'm going into every single one of their offices like, okay, Christmas party. It's at this schmancy hotel downtown. What do you wear? What do I wear? (laughs) What did you wear last year? What about this? What about that? (laughs) I'm planning my my organization's holiday party, um, and I got to set the dress code, which means I'm going to dress to the dress code, and everybody else needs to meet me where I'm at. (laughs) That's perfect. Okay, so there's something about this scene that absolutely wigs me out, and I, I have to talk to you guys about it. I mentioned it before we started recording. While they're discussing this, the the issue is that Lorelai doesn't know what to wear on the drive, and Rory says your stretchy jeans and your bunny ranch, uh, bunny, bunny ranch, bunny t-shirt. ranch. Tea. We'll, we'll talk about the bunny ranch. Good. Uh, so Lorelai says, "Oh, the perfect amount of like comfort and raunch," and then they continue talking. And while they're talking, Lorelai is changing, and Lorelai changes so inhumanly fast. It is wild. I, I timed it. So Lorelai is wearing <laughs> a robe, like a big oversized bathrobe. So I have to assume she just has her like underwear and a bra on underneath. She puts her jeans on from holding them in her hand away from her body to buttoning and letting go in five seconds. And then there's like a brief pause where they're still talking. And then the top also takes four seconds. And that's from holding the shirt in her hand to the robe is completely gone, the shirt is on, and she's smoothing her hair. I wanted to try putting clothes on myself and, like, timing it, but I was working from home today, and who's got time to put real pants on? (laughs) But it's just, like, if you haven't watched this episode in a while, just watch it. It's from around, like, uh, it's around the 20-minute mark. It's just, like, so fast, and every time I watch it, I have to go back and be like, well, what kind of editing trick did they use? (laughs) Anyway, the conversation that's being had during this scene is pretty important because they pick out her outfit and Lorelai starts to kind of second guess 
being gone for the weekend Mm -hmm. because Jess and Rory have made plans for her to get to her grandparents. He's going to drive over and meet her for dinner, and then he'll drop her off at home. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And Lorelai is putting the pieces together and saying, oh, at home? The empty house? Where there's going to be no supervision? (sighs) Why doesn't Rory sleep over at the grandparents instead? And, you know, she won't be alone and she'll be safe. And Rory's like, nah, I want to come home. I'd rather be home. Yeah. Which is totally how I would have been Mm -hmm. as a teenager, too. Like, I would want to be home. What if he runs out of gas? What if A, B, and C happen? Instead of making him go so far out of his way to drop you off at home. Right. And this is where we learn that the Gilmore house is two-tenths of a mile away from Luke's. (laughs) Why did it take them 11 minutes to get there? And finally, Rory just kind of straight up says, why are you so freaked? And Lorelai is like, well, you know why. But you guys were on the on-ramp And that's when the... The word is not said. Yeah. But it's sex. Rory essentially says, like, I am just so busy. I don't even have time to think about that. Mm -hmm. No thinking at all. Which, that does show how much Lorelai trusted Dean over Jess is there were at least two separate nights where Lorelai knew for a fact 100% Rory and Dean were going to be alone. The one when she was babysitting the best cat. And then the other when when she's going out of town, when she went out of town with, um, mm-hmm. oh, what was she? With Emily. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at the spa. Yeah. And she fully expected Dean to be over there. She kind of encouraged mm-hmm. it. I, yeah. And that she was fine with? I think Rory was younger. I think Rory was also a little bit more like, it's not even in the there. realm of happening. Right. And here, it's like. Rory and Jess, one of their, like, best attributes in their relationship right now is the physical. Yeah. They have great chemistry. So, you know, Rory, I feel like, I don't think she realizes she's lying in this moment. I think she honestly thinks, no, I don't think of Jess that, like, I don't, I'm not even thinking about it. But she is. I mean, also, her boyfriend is Milo Ventimiglia. Like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't. I I wholeheartedly believe that at this point, Rory has not truly thought about it. Maybe not. And I'm wondering if Lorelai kind of putting these thoughts in her head is what ends up making her think about it. Potentially. Maybe. We've never seen them have a full-on sex conversation. Like, nope. not even a, like, wear condoms or use birth control kind of conversation that we get hinted at later. We get, like, after the dance... Like- when her when Rory right. and Dean are you out have all to night. go on the pill. Yeah. yeah. So like did she go on the pill? <laughs> There's that, but No, I don't think so. I don't know. Because later on with with Dean, uh mm-hmm. she says the Trojan, yeah. Either way, Alex arrives and Lorelai is gone. And we move on to the dinner, to Friday night dinner. We have Rory looking beautiful. Emily right? as well. Ugh. <laughs> and um no Jess. He's not there. Cuz he's late. He's late. Yeah. And Emily is being incredibly mm-hmm. kind. There's traffic, you know, something happened with the big rig on 84, I think. Which by yeah. the way, mm-hmm. every time they mention, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I need to mention it again. Every time they mention highways by their number, 
I'm like, that's such a California thing and not a uh, Connecticut, New York, <laughs> New Jersey thing. Like, we don't we don't say, oh, take the 85 or take the 95. No, we say take the turnpike or the parkway. So it's just a little a little thing there. Oh, interesting. Uh, we say it in the Midwest. Numbers? Yeah, we'd mm-hmm. say, like, take the I-5, take mm-hmm. I-5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Specific- specifically through Indiana, it's like, oh, I'll just take 69. Because that no. is one of the highways. <laughs> that is the main highway north to south. Or one of them anyway. We find out here that Jess does not have a cell phone because he does not believe in them. What does that mean? I think that was a really big thing at this point in time, though. There were a lot of people who were very resistant to cell phones mm-hmm. when they started becoming more common. Because, like Emily says, like technology is encroaching more and more into our lives. Because at this point, it was like... Before before cell phones, even during pagers, like you couldn't always get a hold of somebody. And in a lot of ways, that's a, a bad thing. But it's also a good mm, thing. Fair. Like right now, like imagine, you know, if somebody texts you right now, you feel like you have to respond to them. Yep. Right? Because you know it's instant. They know it's instant. And if you don't respond, you know, some people are better at the boundaries than others. <laughs> But so there was a lot of this resistance to it, and I can totally see Jess being like, you don't need to get a hold of me all the time. Yeah, Jess, um, I admire the fact that you think that if someone texts me, I'm going to text them right away, because I'm the world's worst texter. Anytime I get a text, I'm just like, do I need to respond to this? Yeah, I guess. And then other times I'm like, no. (laughs) For me, it fully depends on who it is. It's like, since we started (laughs) recording this particular episode... My aunt sent a text to me and my dad, and because of who it is, I felt like I had to respond right away. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why you saw me looking down on my phone a few minutes ago. It always reminds me, this scene, it's so weird because Lady Bird came out after, many years after, but Timothy Chalamet's character also doesn't believe in cell phones in the movie. So I always, like, now I I linked the two. I'm like, (laughs) oh. (laughs) <laughs> was this a thing in the early t- apparently it was i don't remember it yeah well he doesn't believe in cell phones but he does show up uh-huh with a very hurt face uh his eye it has cuts all around it it black eye completely um he looks super awkward emily is a doll in this scene emily is so great emily is- uh-huh she is the hostess with the mostest. Like, he could have come in with his arm, like, dragging on the ground. And, and she would have been like, hey, welcome. Would you like some ice for come that? Come on in. Has a smile on yeah. everything. <laughs> Rory, on the other hand, is, um, let's say concerned. Yeah. She uh, can't help but ask and ask and ask about it. Yeah. I try. I feel like this is such a difficult episode for a viewer watching Rory because there's a big part of me that is like, girl, drop it. Mm-hmm. Right? Clearly he's not going to talk about it and you are making this worse. But then I also put myself in her shoes of like, I'm waiting for my fiance. He shows up late. He's got a big black eye. Funny thing, my fiance is a boxer, so he sometimes does have a black <laughs> eye. But like, if he showed up with a black eye that I didn't have any context for, I would be really concerned and I'd be like, what happened to your face but if he said i don't want to talk about it i would drop it at that point but you gotta also think rory's thinking 
literally the last time I spoke to him on the phone, he said, I want to punch Dean. I, I just, I wish more than anything, it, I just, I want, Jess says, I don't want to talk about this. I'm at this dinner that I didn't even want to come to because of you, because you dragged me here, essentially. I, I wish it had been like, I will tell you, but let's talk about this later. I'm trying to put on a good impression for your grandma. Let's talk about it later. I will tell you. And at that point, Rory should have, would have dropped, should have dropped it. Right. And he's so obviously agitated. He is so obviously like he's had a bad day and he's like, I just want to eat. Let's get through this. Rory can't let it go. And I, I understand both sides here. It's just an awkward, awful situation, and it doesn't help that Emily's there. Also, Rory immediately jumping to, you got in a fight with Dean, kind of just confirms everything Dean has been taunting Jess with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, like, the, that's the biggest part, is that Rory assumes it's Dean, and Rory makes that assumption public at Mm -hmm. dinner. And she assumes Jess instigated the whole thing. Right. And at dinner, Emily is trying her best to be the hostess of the mostess. Jess is super sarcastic. But also, Emily is like, she is such rich vibes right now. Like, the maid. Yeah. And um, she asks about Walmart in the weirdest way possible. <laughs> you're, you're part of the Walmart Corporation? I've never been, but I've bought stocks. Like, it's she just... defaults to making it sound fancier than it is. Because that's her entire life, is making everything sound fancier than it is. She can't help it. Yeah. And my small comment here is that Jess's attitude is awful, right? Mm -hmm. He's coming at this. Mm -hmm. He's insulting Emily. He's just doing it behind a a veil. And I think Emily kind of picks up on it, let's say. But Rory, again, cannot let this black eye go. And she's like, you know, from nine o'clock last night to now, what happened? And Jess just says, Rory, come on. And it's so like, it kind of makes me feel really bad for him, especially knowing how he got the black eye. Yeah, he's, it to me, it clearly reads as like, I just want you to drop mm-hmm. this. Please, 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 Can please. We come back to it later. Let's get through this. Right? Like, he is out of his element. He is uncomfortable. He's clearly had a bad day. And he's just, he yep, showed sorry, up. Sorry, nope. That's his thing. He showed up. We're actually going to go for a private conversation in, in Richard's study. <laughs> With the giant oil painting. And he tells her. Yeah. He tells her she's being rude. And I mean, they're both being kind of rude. But like, she is being rude. Yeah. I would... I would almost argue that Rory is being more rude in this scene than Jess is, just because yeah. you can tell how much he does not want to talk about it. He does not want to fight. He is very adamant he did not get in, a, get in a fight with Dean. Let that be enough and move on. Dean wouldn't do that. Yeah. Everybody deals with conflict differently. And if somebody tells you, hey, let me cool down, we'll come back and discuss it later. You need to listen to them and let that, let it be. Right, because, like, he's angry. Yeah, there's, like, an element of, yeah, there's, like, an element of emotional maturity that is required to handle Mm -hmm. this situation where you say, okay, you're my partner, I trust you, this isn't finished, but I'm going to drop it because we're in public, Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like that's something that every adult has had to deal with at some point, right? A comment is made, a situation occurs, and you're like, oh, we're going to discuss this later. It reminds me of the when Richard springs the Yale interview mm -hmm, on Rory. Yeah. And Emily does not air that dirty laundry in public. She just says, like, nope, we are discussing this later. Like, that's how you handle these situations. Yeah. You don't stop dinner, which is just the three of you, to go have a private fight. Yeah, and, like, like it's so... Because <sighs> Rory's upset, but just as angry. He's glaring yeah. at her. He's like, uh, he, you don't want to kind of see him angry kind of thing. And he just leaves. I mean, not only is she not listening to him, she is also actively blaming him for the worst possible case scenario that mm -hmm. he instigated a fight with Dean after weeks, possibly months, of Dean taunting him saying, well, I don't have to control myself anymore. You do. Yeah. And of course, Rory doesn't know about that because Jess hasn't probably aired that with her because why would he that would make the situation worse this whole rory feels like very much teenager trying to be an adult mm -hmm. in the situation like this feels like something that she's seen lorelei do like hey we're gonna have a private conversation like let's do this and it just doesn't work out for her no we absolutely saw rory watch lorelei do this at the thanksgiving dinner of lorelei's mad and she's going to just air it everywhere yeah, no and matter so who's does, there. Yeah. I guess she tones it down a little bit by taking Jess into the study to discuss it, but that's really not much better when it's a dinner of three people and you left one person at the table. Yeah, and like, while I don't think it's cool that Jess leaves, at the same time, I completely understand why Jess leaves. I get it. Like, this would be a miserable situation to show up somewhere where you already don't want to go. Mm -hmm. And to immediately get into a fight with the one person who's on your side or who was supposed to be on your side yeah. here. I mean, he does end up leaving her without a ride home, which is not cool, but she's at her grandparents. And again, Emily steps up and is like, wonderful. You know, oh, do you want to bring him some prime rib? Like, Yeah, just like, it's just oh, the Emily. girls tonight kind of thing. She's so yeah. sweet in this moment. I'm going to say it's uncharacteristic. Yeah. Yeah, she's really trying to put her best foot forward for Rory. The, the frustrating thing is that we do get in, like, the next scene, we do get that this is an act. This isn't the way she really feels. Well, yes, because... We do have one not the next before scene. that, though. Yeah, we have a couple scenes. Yeah. Oh, I guess a, a scene after, yeah. So we actually go to New York... So mm -hmm. in the next scene, we go over to New York. The couples, you know, Suki and Jackson were invited to go see Lovett Town. Which we never mentioned. How sweet is it that Alex invited Suki and Jackson to right. go to this place? We right. got four tickets. So nice. That's super expensive. Yeah. And, you know, guys, the show was great. Great production. The lighting was good. <laughs> like, and Alex is just straight up like, yeah, this is this the is biggest crap. piece of crap that I've ever seen. Alex is so gracious. He's so great. Like, I don't understand why we don't... I mean, of course, there must have been issues with Billy Burke's schedule or whatever. But, like, there's nothing wrong with Alex mm -mm. in this. He's so great. He's so wonderful. Maybe that was the issue. Is that he was so wonderful yeah. that it was kind of making Luke 
not seem great in comparison. Well, yeah, I, mean- I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that it would have then made it very hard to break up Lorelai and Alex mm-hmm. for Lorelai and Luke. I mean, yeah. we see what they do to Nicole. They probably would have ended up doing the same thing to Alex. Yeah. I mean, he he plays into the bits. Lorelai and Suki are essentially making their own musical. Jackson's having a good time. They're going to continue the night. They're going to go to a bar. And Lorelai wants to just check in on Rory. And Alex says, hey, you made me promise not to let you call Rory if it wasn't for the right reason. And he does it in like such the right way of like you can do it if you if you want to. I'm just reminding you of what you told me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like it would have been fair for Lorelai to call cuz it was after the show. Uh she could have been calling about dinner, how did it go? But I kind of respect the fact that she's giving her daughter privacy when she knows in her head, oh god, Something might mm-hmm. be going on right now. Yeah. Because she doesn't call. Nope. She goes to the Mm-mm. the cab that gets called and they go to a bar, which sounds so cool. And in actuality, is just so tiring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In my early 20s, that was the best thing to do was go out. Go to a bar, hang out. You want to hear the most outrageous thing I have ever done in New York? One time we were walking this in the street and uh, we were by the NYU campus, right? So we were by the NYU bar and we just walked in and grabbed uh, a couple shots and did shots and then left the bar and went to another bar. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. Bar hopping in New York was exciting. <laughs> so you've never done a bar crawl? No, I've never done a bar crawl. I've never been a drinker like that. Yeah, me either. (laughs) (laughs) But New York is its own beast. Oh, gosh, yeah. I feel like I've done, like, bar marathons where you're just, like, in the same bar for, like, six hours and you just want to leave. That was as wild as I've ever gotten. (laughs) But the next morning, Lorelai calls Rory to ask about the dinner And uh, it went far from well. And not only Mm -hmm. that, but Rory stayed the night. And Lorelai's like, oh, no, Emily, like, what did she do? Like, this is so obviously Emily's Emily's fault. fault. Yeah. Nope. But no, Emily was wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was Jess. Jess showed up with a black eye. Oh, and yeah, that, that weird joke of Lorelai mishearing and saying a black guy i feel like that's a really common was a really common joke at that time yeah i guess yeah it it just felt awkward yeah but whatever but yeah he got into a fight you know and that's when emily comes in overhearing rory talk still great she's still great at this (laughs) point she's oh yeah yep got some breakfast ready for you like perfect grandma perfect grandma Lorelai takes the phone and she's so grateful thank you for handling it and then Emily comes back to life and explodes there she is yep abominable thug it's he belongs in jail it's so like (laughs) yeah frustrating that that it was all an act because she did it so well I know you know like Rory Rory bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. 
I mean, Rory asked her to be nice. Yeah, and she was. And she was. She kept her promise to her granddaughter, and I think that's important. It's like, but Lorelai is like, oh, yep, okay. Just puts the phone down, isn't even going to listen, because she knows there's, this is just going to yeah, go on. There's nothing that can be said at this point that's going to make it better. Just let it go. Or I guess just let Emily go. But honestly, yeah. like from a grown-up perspective, Jess and Rory were awful. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. Like, <laughs> I... I feel like Emily's a little valid in being upset. Not so far as he belongs in jail. But, like, <sighs> at least upset at the, the situation. Emily is Emily, though, so she always takes it to 100. I feel like there's a way Emily <laughs> could have explained her side or vented to Lorelai about what happened without... I mean, isn't one of the first things she says, how could you let your daughter date that guy? It goes straight mm -hmm. to, you have messed up. How could you do this? Mm -hmm. It's always Lorelai's fault. Instead of, yeah. oh my god, who is this kid? What is he doing? How is Rory with him? Well, we move back to Stars Hollow and we get probably one of my favorite like scenes in this episode. The band such a Minus scene. Lane are pulling up at the only traffic light in Stars Hollow. And uh, Mrs. Kim sees them. More specifically, she sees Dave, who she knows Perfect pretty Dave. well at this point. And Dave just goes, shut up and be cool. Don't say anything. And the two morons cannot <laughs> help themselves. Nope. <laughs> and Mrs. Kim is just like, she's coming up to these unwashed boys so I was funny. just trying to remember, is this is this one of the times when she mentions who are these unwashed boys? Yes. Is. Dave, what are you doing with these unwashed boys? <laughs> and, you know, this is Mrs. Kim. Oh, you're Lane's mom. She's a great girl. And it's like, how do you know Lane? Girl. She's a great girl. She's a really great d girl. <laughs> Not drummer. She's a girl. The next words out of Mrs. Kim's mouth should have been, how do you know her? Yeah. Obviously, they know Dave, but the other two boys. Yeah. Dave, Dave is like, let's just go. We have things to do. No, no, no. Wait. I need to warn you about something. This is the worst, uncoolest mom moment of all time. Oh, my. If my mom ever did this to me, I would have... Died. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I just like, I up. guess I'm just gonna go <laughs> dig a hole 30 feet into the ground and never come out. I would have just shriveled into the desiccated husk of a teenage girl and like withered away to nothing. <laughs> just to remind everyone, Mrs. Kim warns Dave about Lane having a crush on him. And it's one thing. She's a good girl. She's a good girl. Yeah, she's a very good girl. She's very flighty. But it's one thing to warn him just him but brian the and zach band. are still in the car <sighs> yeah also they play in a christian combo oh, yes a right sound yes a combo i've never heard that in like which is <laughs> instead of just band so and she's like oh a combo is good you know sometimes it can sound really like you know Bear? Hollow with bear. just bear with just a guitar or something. Which is sweet. It's very sweet of her. Um, maybe I'll book you sometime. 
But, oh my gosh, like, just not cool. And again, it's that moms talking to boys about their daughters as if their daughters are children, but the boys are grown Right, yeah. You know? And there is kind of a possibility that Dave is a little bit older. Right? We're still not 100% yeah. sure on the Dave age, but... In regards to Zach and Brian, there are dots connecting in their head. I won't <laughs> say they're connecting to the right answer, but there's dots connecting at this moment. There's like a connect the dot in each of their mm-hmm. brains, and it's a square, and they're drawing a circle right. inside exactly. feeling pretty darn good about it. <laughs> well, they luckily get saved by the stoplight, and they get to leave. Um, and we stay in town, and we go to Dozie's, where Rory has something on her mind, and she needs to go to the source. She is seeking out Dean, and she essentially tells him, hey, this friendship thing, it's not going to work unless we're honest with each other. And to his credit, Dean is like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she says, hey, Jess has got a black eye. Any idea where you got that from? <laughs> and Dean's response is like, yeah, it's a pretty long list. <laughs> like, If you could ask anybody in town how to just get a black eye, they'd all have right. a different answer for you. But, but they yeah. would all have an Dean answer. Dean says it wasn't me. Like, I didn't get in a fight. And she believes Implicitly. Him. Like, the second he's like, no, it's not just me? Okay. Right away. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't really like to talk about him, which again, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is the boy that your girlfriend, your ex-girlfriend... Dumped you for. Emotionally cheated on and you with. Actually cheated, yeah. broke up with you about. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Rory's, Rory's convinced. Okay. I believe you. It wasn't you. I really love that Rory comes into this of, you have to be honest with me, and not, granted, a couple of days before, Jess is having to pry information about her and Dean out of her. Yeah. The standards are different, and it's not cool. But, again, staying in town, we go essentially across the street to Luke's, where Luke is now witnessing Jess's black eye for the first time. I guess he was able to hide it all night. Well, yeah, Jess snuck in. Yeah. And Luke is not having it. Luke is, like, not taking any of his BS non-answers, and he drags him into the storeroom and is like, you tell me. Well, he immediately says, like, when did you and Dean fight? He's like, yeah. well, you only saw Rory and Emily, so did one of them punch you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> did her grandma punch you? Yeah. She might. Honestly. I will give Luke yeah. props in this scene. I feel like Luke, for who Luke is, handled it very well. Mm-hmm. He took it yeah. out of the public eye. Right, because Rory took calls. Took it into a back yes. store room. Oh, yeah, Rory calls. And Jess is like, nah. I don't talk to her. Doesn't want to nope. Doesn't want to answer. Yeah. This whole, this whole thing, this is like, we see Luke pretending to be number one parent and trying his weird stuff. But the thing is, when push comes to shove... Luke does have pretty good parenting instincts. Mm -hmm. Like, if a teenager in your care shows up with a black eye and doesn't want to give you the reason, you need to get the Mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. Because you need to make sure that you know what's going on. And when you see them fumbling in a relationship by not being home when their partner calls, you talk Mm -hmm. to them about it. And to Jess's credit, he actually tells him the truth. Bless his little heart. I never would have admitted this to anyone, ever. 
It's so sad. He was attacked by a swan. Swans are vicious creatures. <laughs> I mean, they're a- all of those big, like, mm-hmm. geese, swans, like, they're vicious. They're tough. Sandra sent a picture in our channel earlier of, I see all these geese out here and it's a bunch of Canadian geese. She's like, I just can't help but think of the swan. And I was like, you spelled devil spawn wrong. <laughs> the hellions, Because yeah. these birds are awful. They are. And yeah. I feel for he him. got beaked. Got beaked in the eye. And Luke is like, uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me the truth. No he's trying so seriously hard. to not laugh at this point. And Jess is it was so upset. Like, he's, he's genuinely so upset about this. He is so embarrassed yeah. by this whole thing. And, I mean, I would be too. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, like, the thing is, I think maybe if Dean had been attacked by a swan, it would be different. Like, he would, like, hang his head and be like, a swan got me. Jess is a tough guy. He has got, like, a reputation to uphold. He can't be the guy who got attacked by a swan. No, he can't be the guy who lost a fight with a bird. (sighs) Right, because he doesn't win this fight. And what's worse is that he wants to go for round two. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so <laughs> he takes the good ladle and he's gonna go. He's gonna go have it out with this swan. And when this scene ends, it feels like that should be where it ends, mm-hmm. right? But it's nope. not. Luke takes him out on the boat in the lake. <laughs> okay. Because he's gonna be there for the swan. Real fight. quick. Whose boat is this? It has to be Luke. We have we have a whole thing with a boat later in the series. Of it not being finished and not being waterworthy. Yeah, but that's I mean, his dad's boat. But isn't he going to finish it because he doesn't have a boat? Kind of, like that's kind of what this I'm could. Implied. This could just be like a boat. It's just a stars hollow lake. boat. <laughs> a, a tall, a small town boat that people just use when they want to go out. Just um, vandalize the crap out of that boat. See, by now. Okay, here's my head cannon. This lake is not actually the bridge lake. But this is like near the inn, right? That Kirk uh, drops off those swans. Release the swans? Yeah. Kirk, not Kirk? Oh, I mean, I do figure these have to be, this has to be one of those swans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It has to be. Like, there's no way that it can be Because even Kirk is like, I hate these swans. I just, I love Jess's energy in this scene. He is genuinely like ready to fight a swan. He's looking around. He's agitated. He's anxious. And Luke just thinks this is the funniest thing in the world. But he also uh, takes the opportunity to give some advice. Like, you can't not talk to her. And this Dean jealousy has to stop. And, like, don't think that these events are behind you. If you're going to date a girl like Rory, you're going to have to go to these events often. You're going to have to get to know her family. The family comes with the girl. Like when you dated Shane, you dated her whole petri dish yeah that was a little odd <laughs> poor shane yeah. uh, shane just keeps getting shafted. justice for shane but okay not to go too far ahead but dean and jess neither of them are good with the family you know who is good with yeah. the family logan logan i mean the more that i the more that we get into this the more depends like, on part of what part of the family you're, you're yeah yeah at. very true yeah, yeah. But, like, Logan knows how to do these events. These boys, unfortunately, don't. 
if we're going to compare, Dean is great with Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Jess is great with mm-hmm. none of them. Rory. And Logan is yeah. great with the grandparents. Yes. Because Lorelai yeah. never... I think she gets some grudging respect for him by the end. But... Lorelai has only ever liked Dean. Yep. Nobody could ever replace Dean. But, I mean, that's part of the conversation that is had here. Like, when when Luke says, Dean had that girl for two years. And you do, you know, two months. And, and you get a little more vulnerability from Jess here, too. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. is she with yes. me? Right, yeah. He does give, like, a uh, God knows why. And Luke, she like, does. straight up says, like, she knows. Which I thought was really yeah. sweet. Oh, so sweet. Really good moment. We have a questionable yeah. Luke parenting beginning, but it ends with a very good Luke parenting mm-hmm. end. Yeah, honestly, I think that this arc, the beginning of the Nicole arc, and this, like, Jess and Rory squabble stuff, it's really giving them an opportunity to sh- make us know Luke knows what he what he's doing when he's dating. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? He's not, like, this gruff, grumpy, bachelor forever kind of guy. Like, when he's dating, he can do it right. Mm-hmm. And it's important for us to know that because that's something that obviously Lorelai is getting from Alex. So we need to know that her future partner can also give us that. Yeah. But we we don't have a swan confrontation. No, no animal cruelty this episode. My final note for the scene is just LMAO. Like, I just think it's so funny. <laughs> and they have such great chemistry as actors. Like, they bounce off they each do. other so well. They do. They are excellent together. <laughs> the scene, and I have to say this, the scene ends with the swan swanning away. <laughs> Just going. Just living its life. Beautiful. Not minding anybody's business. Yeah. Well, speaking of groups that are good together, uh, we pop back to the Gilmore Girls garage where Rory and Lane are talking and <laughs> in rolls the band. And they have to have something out because they've just had this conversation with Miss Kim, mm-hmm. right? So we assume, oh God, it's happening. Like you said, it's going to get a little weird. Dots have been connected. Dots have definitely we been have connected. To, we have to get this out in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Zach's like, we know you've been hiding something. And Brad's like, yep, we got to get it out there. Dave and Lane both are like, oh my God. Already? We, we didn't, we weren't trying to hide anything. And they say, Dave, you're a Christian. That's cool, man. <laughs> Christians could still rock. That's a part of you, and we think you're cool, so that's cool. And I'm just like Dave's answer of Aww. like thank you for um thank you for understanding my devoutness. Ex- being so accepting of my it's devoutness. So funny. <laughs> and and Lane just jumps right into it. Yeah, that's that's great, Dave. Yeah, proud of you. <laughs> Well, because at this point, Lane has no idea what has just occurred. Lane has no idea that her mom just marched up to these three boys and said, hey, my daughter likes you. Oh, my God. God. That's so embarrassing. So uncool. Like, you gotta think, like, okay, David is a good guy, but you gotta think, you, mm-hmm. he has to tease Lane about this, right? He has to be like, you I know what know. your mom said? This is said? so awkward. I mean, this feels like something that he's taken to his grave. He is <laughs> well, never telling like her a, what she said. I think it's a 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is what I said. The boys had to connect it out of a square and they drew a circle inside and they felt really good about it. <laughs> but you know what? Good for them. Right? Yeah. Because, like, it is a rock group. 
And they're just mm-hmm. like, hey, if you want to be religious or if you are religious, awesome. That's cool, man. Yeah. We're not it playing. It feels very much like. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It feels very much like a coming out mm-hmm. moment. You know, they're like, hey, you know what? We still love you. Right. Like, that's all right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. These, these goobers. I, when the band have moments like this, I get it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I love them. Sometimes in the early days, I'm like, who are these boys? Why do we care about them? This is great. We didn't though. mention it earlier. I forgot to. But when they're pulling away and after the Mrs. Kim and it zooms in on Brian or John Cabrera, who I would have loved to like hear his thoughts on this episode. Yeah. But his face is just so confused. <laughs> it's just so lost as to uh. what the hell just happened. <laughs> and they mentioned the fact that they got hired or they kind of got hired for a gig. And yeah. Lane yeah. says, oh, cool. Mrs. Kim definitely pays. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. She's good she with pay. She pays 20 I mean, bucks. She, yeah. she did give an envelope of money. She at least pays. Five hours. Yeah. She pays well. <laughs> well, it's better than nothing. They're, they're just starting out. But while the band has kind of, you know, are coming to terms with Dave's devoutness, Lorelai gets home. And Lorelai is starving because she didn't want to eat until they got home alex is great so sweet they alex and rory even have a little bit of like banter where she says i told you to keep her to a feeding schedule and like it seems like this relationship could really Mm -hmm. work everything is pointing to like this could be this is where we leave alex and this all makes sense alex just seems like a great guy they've had a great weekend and it is time to get some takeout because they are a starving and so uh rory goes off to get food from al full light of day from luke's full light of day (laughs) (laughs) and she runs into jess well no it's not even that she runs into jess because she's just walking past luke jess sees her and goes outside yeah and now it's completely dark (laughs) it's been a just well there was a lot of food you know it's winter time shifts there is a lot of food. She's got like three whole bags. It does get dark at like five o'clock here. Not that yeah. fast. <laughs> um, but no, it's, you know, this is the moment where they are apologizing. Mm-hmm. She knows that he didn't fight Dean. How does she know that? Oh, because she asked Dean. Yep. Went right to the source. I, I will give, I feel like I've been hard on Rory for this episode. I will give her props on this one where she straight up says, I need to trust you the same way that I trusted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of, to me, it, that is hitting the nail on the head. And I I appreciate her for recognizing that and also for voicing it to Jess. But like, yeah. God, imagine if someone told me that. Wouldn't that be like the most hurtful thing in the world? It's already known, though. I think especially in this particular relationship, though. But I mean... I would hate it if my current partner brought up their ex and compared me to that that person and we had bad mm-hmm. blood that frequently. Yeah. And of course, it makes sense. Small town, teenage relationship. That's always how it's going to be. But no. And we have Jess's moment to come clean about what happened. And you see it play on his face. Like he's really thinking he's going to tell her. And then he says... I was throwing a football around with a buddy. This magical buddy. I was just, I was embarrassed. Right? Like, my my question (laughs) would be like, 
Jess, babe, who who do you who are you friends with? <laughs> <laughs> who would throw a football around with you, Kirk? <laughs> like, wait, what if you it was know? Kirk? Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, like who else does he know? It <laughs> blows my mind that Rory's reaction wasn't who, right? Who? Yeah. She just goes, oh, that's not embarrassing. Well, she's trusting him this time. Yes. Yeah, she is trusting him. And they have a nice kiss. Yeah, a hell of a kiss. A nice kiss that obviously gets Rory's brain and blood pumping. Because she heads home. I'd say and Jess's blood pumping, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> duh. Keep thinking says, what you're thinking. He's a teenage boy. Keep thinking what you're thinking. And he says, I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Man. teenage me loved that. Oh, I love oh, yeah. that line. No. Keep thinking what you're thinking line. Oh my god, I don't have a choice. Yeah, like you are on my mind for the rest of the night, whether I want you there or not. That was a five dollar kiss. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roy does go home, and Roy's demeanor is very different mm-hmm. from when she left to pick up food to when she gets home because she's had the what point two mile walk (laughs) to think about this and she just says like hey um (laughs) so maybe i'm ready to think about it yeah um it it oh it it. maybe with jess maybe thoughts are there at least I mean, again, if you have a boy that looks like Milo, I understand. <laughs> I, but I'll give props for Lorelai here, too. Like, I don't know how I would handle that if my daughter came home and told me that. Granted, she's four, so hopefully oh that will God. not happen for a very long yeah. time. Yeah. But, you know, always trying to keep that, like, line of communication open. That's going to be an awkward conversation to have. And I feel like Lorelai did pretty good of like, no, I want to know. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. kind of goes back and forth with it because Rory's like, do you still want me to tell you? Like beforehand? Like right before? Like what? what what's the procedure here? Uh, and I think there's obviously like the whole point of this show is the mother-daughter mm-hmm. relationship, right? And it's this totally like uncommon relationship that they have that makes them so compelling but it's situations like this that really make me, like, kind of pull back and be like, how realistic is this? Because I'm sure that there are people who have relationships, like, with their parents that are like this. They discuss everything as they're leading up. Like, I'm really close with my parents. And definitely when I was thinking about, like, birth control and, like, you know, that kind of stuff, we talked mm-hmm. about that. But there was never any implication that I was going to tell my parents, like, hey, <laughs> I've decided it's time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Me and my mom are really close, but we never really talked about that during high school. And anything, we're only, like, I have been talking to her about potentially getting a birth control, right? And, like, I'm talking to her about it, right? About mm-hmm. which different one mm-hmm. to get on. And, like, it's, but I'm 30. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm way older yeah. than Rory's supposed to be. So, like, I don't know. I think it's very awkward. And I think it's unnecessary. I think so it makes it I'll be the, bigger than it is. Sorry. I'll, I'll be the worry here. Okay. Of uh, So I went to a town about two hours south of where I grew up 
to college and I was going to like the college town and my high school boyfriend, his mom enrolled him in our state school that had a location in that same town. Mm -hmm. So when my mom found out that he was also going to be down there, she's like, okay, well, you guys have been together for a while, so we're going to go get on birth control. I don't need to know anything. We're just, we're going to do this. And so I did kind of yeah. talk to my mom about it, like, beforehand, safe and all that stuff. My dad's conversation was, and this was when I was, like, 16, he's like, I don't want to know if you go on birth control. I want to know that so I can expect it on mm-hmm. my insurance. That's the extent of what I want to know. If you can say it's for your period, that would be even better. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think... This is such an interesting conversation because obviously they have this closeness. And again, the gift of hindsight, we know what happens when Rory does eventually decide that it's time and things don't go to plan. Mm. But, oof, big, big feelings all around. And the the episode ends with our titular Gilmore girls sitting on the couch, silently eating takeout. Lorelai wraps her arm around Rory And you just have to imagine the thoughts going on inside their heads, the conversation that is happening in their Mm -hmm. heads and not externally, because both of their minds are just whirling. In that moment, the only thought going in my head is, Rory's not a little girl anymore. Yeah. Like, Rory's mind is going, oh my god, I just told my mom this, what's gonna happen? And Lorelai's mind is going, oh my god, Rory just told me this, what's going to happen? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Is she going to get pregnant? Yeah. Oh my god, is she going to get pregnant? Like, over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, that is Swan mm-hmm. Song. It is a good episode. It is. I like this episode. It's not a bad episode. It is just one that I usually skip. Because, like, I the know. the fighting scene is too mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's, like, there's enough sweet mm-hmm. Jess moments mm-hmm. peppered throughout that that always saves it for me. Yeah. Like the end of their phone conversation, the makeup after after the fight. Like there's just enough like sweetness and vulnerability that I'm always like drawn back in. Yeah. And of course, Luke and Jess oh, in the yeah. boat. Right. It's worth a watch even if you skip the rest of the episode. And I always forget about the Miss Patty thing. Yes. It's so oh, funny. Yeah. It's so perfectly to mm-hmm. Stars Hollow. But with the episode discussion ending there, let's talk about Tom's Person of the Week. What are we thinking? I have one. I do too. I don't know how you feel about it, but I have one. I want to hear both of yours because I'm just like super on the fence. All right, Emily, you go first. So, mine is Alex. Oh. Because we don't... Well, first of all, we do not see him again. This is his last chance, but I feel like... True. This is the most we do see him. He goes out of his way to get tickets for Suki and Jackson and Lorelai to go to this play. He makes them feel super comfortable when they come out of like, no, this play sucked. Let's go make another musical Mm -hmm. about it. He does his banter with Rory that shows like they can get along really well. So, that's mine. He does no wrong. That's a strong argument. Sandra, who are you thinking? Okay, it's a little controversial because it was an act. But I think it's Emily. Because Emily really tried her hardest and she kept her cool that entire time. Her granddaughter asked Mm -hmm. her to be nice 
and she was super nice. She was a little bougie at the same time, but like, um, she tried, and then she kind of loses points with the he belongs in jail line. I do acknowledge. Yeah. I think this is a tricky one. I feel like, can we, can we give it to Alex with an honorable mention to sure. Emily? Because Alex truly did no wrong in this episode. Alex truly did no wrong in his entire stay <laughs> on the show. And this was, I will agree, Emily had a, a real shining moment there at the dinner where she did try very hard. Mm-hmm. And if Jess and Rory had been able to cool it, they probably could have had an okay dinner that they could have gotten through. Emily would have been kind all the way through and they would have left and had their night. So are you okay with that, Emily? Uh, yeah. Alex I'm wins, but honor a mention to Emily. Yeah. Em- Emily, I, I thought about Emily too, especially with how great she was at the dinner itself. Mm-hmm. But I felt like at the beginning by manipulating Rory and Lorelai into mm-hmm. the dinner to begin Emily, with. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then the rant that she goes into with Lorelai tarnished it for me i mean but, even i mean even the that dinner like you never see emily that nice Mm-mm. no you said that was a that was nope. a true shining moment for her so yeah congrats alex i'm sorry we never get to see you again so you could sad. have been a great boyfriend <laughs> he really was you have left on the bus that rachel was put on and we'll never see you we again. hardly knew you but that was this episode thank you so much for listening as always i was sandra And I was Jess. And I was Emily. We will see you next week for the bits. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. This is Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast with Sandra, Jess, and Emily. And you can follow us on Instagram at townmeetingpod and email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on Spotify and support us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. If you like, send us a message on our answering machine at anchor.fm slash townmeetingpod and click message. Thank you again. We appreciate all of you.